How's it going? This is Steve Durr, and I'm here with my lovely wife. Vicki Durr. Good morning. And uh, we want to share today from Luke chapter 19. And uh, we're going to look at Palm Sunday. Yesterday was Palm Sunday, uh, but Steve, uh, the best Steve on the Watermark staff. The other Steve, Tomsey. Tomsey. Um, my favorite Steve by far. He shared from uh, the perspective of the cross and um, talking about surrender. And today, we're going to look at a story that talks about one of the challenges to being able to surrender, to surrendering to Jesus. What gets in the way of that at times? So, Vicki, go ahead and read about Palm Sunday, the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem found in Luke 19. And what verse are we starting from today? We are going to read 36 through, I think we said 44. Great. All right, here we go. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that all of you people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. All right. So I think in that passage is the shortest passage in the Bible. The easiest to memorize. Am I right? Is it? Did we read about it? The Jesus wept one? Or I thought it... Jesus wept was from Lazarus' story. No. Let me see. Where is it? Jesus began to weep? Where it is it? It just says he began to weep. He at began the end to of weep. 41. Yeah, it's like Jesus wept. That's always the one that I always wanted to be able to memorize. Like, give me that verse to memorize. Yeah. Probably you know. never happened, did it? No, they always give you the longer one. The big dogs. The big dogs. In any case, um, speaking of dogs, our dog's creating a racket uh, over you there. You can probably hear her trying to get into the garbage. Yeah, she's a good dog. But we're busy doing this, so. There you go. She's going to have to. She's going to have to. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other spiritual metaphor for life. Yes. Garbage that, in, garbage out. There you go. So um, today, with this whole situation, let's kind of unpack a little bit about what's going on in this, um, in this story. You have Jesus entering into Jerusalem, riding on a colt, riding on a donkey. And that imagery right there is a powerful imagery found in the Old Testament um, that people uh, expected the Messiah, the king, to enter into Jerusalem to save them. And we know from other passages, we call it Palm Sunday because people were waving what? 
Palm branches. Yes. And palm branches. Uh, Super smart. Yes, exactly. Because they were waving tulips because they were Dutch. No. Um, and so they were waving palm branches. And the reason being is palm branches really took on a um, real significant meaning for the people of Israel um, during the great Maccabean revolt uh, before Jesus' time when uh, the Maccabees kind of overthrew um, their oppressors and Israel had kind of a moment of their own freedom. And, uh, and that became kind of a symbol, a nationalistic symbol for them. Kind of like a, what it'd be like for us waving an American flag, kind of in a way. Like uh, our freedom, our kind of a symbol of freedom. So they're, they're waving palm branches. Uh, they're singing psalms and songs of... Uh, uh, about the Messiah and about uh, expectations of uh, kind peace. of peace and nationalistic right. kind of songs, which which are good. I mean, they're 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 in Scripture, right? Um, but but what's going on here though is that Jesus hears all this and sees this, and what does he do? He cries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he cries. Listen, our dog just is going nuts here. Jesus cries, right? Um, you know that fell too. Yes, I heard that. Okay, sorry. Jesus wept. And so um so Jesus wept. And why does Jesus weep when he enters into Jerusalem? I mean, this is the week leading up to his uh crucifixion. Yeah. Well um, he says, right? How I wish today that all of you people would understand the way to peace. Yeah. So like they had in their minds what that would look like. Yeah. And Jesus was just, I assume, super sad because that way wasn't his way. Right. So the way that they had anticipated that they were going to be freed, that they were going to be um, delivered, that the kind of Messiah he was going to be um, was not the kind of Messiah he was going to be. You know, his, their expectations on him were one thing. His plan, the kind of kind of Messiah he was, he was was another, and uh, so you're right. They they definitely had much more of a, a view that he was going to come in and physically, powerfully remove Rome and, from Israel and set God up as king, right? Uh, and they would be free, like they had been before in that way, with God as king. And that uh, all the evildoers would be punished. And that was going to be what happened. And it was right. going to be done with great violence. And, uh, and yet Jesus weeps because he knows what's coming. In 40 years time, uh, he knows what's happening. And he says that right in there. He says, Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. Crush you into the ground. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Yeah, it's a horrible, super horrible, yeah, it's a horrible prophecy. I mean, Jesus foretells here. He knows the future. He knows what's coming. He sees a vision of what's to come when Jerusalem will be knocked to the ground by Rome in 70 AD. And uh, they'll kind of have a last stand at a place called Masada. Uh, when people kind of run for the hills. And it's a traumatic moment for the people of Israel. 
when everything is decimated, the temple, everything. And it feels like God has abandoned them. And uh, it's, a, it's a terrible moment in the life of Israel in Jerusalem. And Jesus sees what's coming. Why? Because they continued down the path of choosing their way, their expectation of how to take on Rome instead of the way of Jesus and the kind of Messiah he was calling, uh, that he was, he was choosing to be rather than the kind of Messiah they wanted him to be. So You know what's kind of interesting yeah. is you think about Jesus' life and nothing about his life ever followed the path that you would expect it to follow, right? Even his birth. Yeah. Everything. I feel like story after story, he is doing the unexpected. He's taking a different way. Shouldn't they know by now (laughs) that what they kind of think and anticipate is the right way to go is most likely not the Jesus way to go? I don't know. Yeah. Which is a good challenge. I think, I mean, obviously we see all that in hindsight, right? Totally. Um, And I'm sure we would never make those same mistakes. Well, of course not. If we were there, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be thinking that way. No. In fact, you said something earlier. Why were they praising so much? What did they, what did they see? What were they praising for? They were praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Right. All the things he had done for them, which is great to thank him for those things. Right. But so what they saw was all the power. So of course they're going to go, this guy is God is working among, certainly he's the Messiah. He's got all the power. He's got everything we need. That's what, that's what they saw. And uh, they're praising God for that. And he's setting people free. All the signs point to him. So let's, let's get on with this, Jesus. Get right. on with our program. Bless our program. And he's like, my program is not your program, you know? And so, um, so then he's like, in fact, if you stick with your program... This whole city is going to be knocked to the ground, and he knows that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So he weeps over the city, um, wishing they would have recognized him for who he truly was. So, I guess the the big question here is, and and Steve and his message, really um, on the cross was, will we surrender? Will you know Jesus suffers for us, he suffers with us, but he also invites us to suffer with him. Um. And will we surrender to him? Will we go to the cross? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And I think one of the biggest challenges to doing that is our own expectations, our own, our, our own desires, our own um, self-comfort uh, uh, and, 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 you know, our own selves that wants it our way, right? You know, have it your way kind of spirituality that says, Jesus, come uh, do things my way, bless my way, um, and shape, I'm going to shape you into my image instead of the other way around. Right. And, um, and yet, on Palm Sunday is a great reminder that Jesus walks into our lives and uh, for who he is and asks us to follow him rather than us expecting him to get with our program exactly yeah yeah so good and so hard (laughs) and so hard yeah and and the question is why is it so hard for us yeah yeah so today um that's kind of our our little question for us 
Um, What's holding you back? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. What's holding you back from surrendering, from trusting the way of Jesus? Um, Do you have any maybe expectations on him to fit with your program rather than following his way and his program? And, uh, and I think one of the challenges, too, is how do we know the way of Jesus and the program of Jesus? Right. Um, and I think the best place to start there, obviously, is to read the Gospels. Yep. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, in the Bible. In the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yep. And there's a great section of Scripture called um, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, which is kind of like Jesus' kingdom sermon kind of his signature sermon series. Is that the Beatitudes? It starts with the Beatitudes, yeah. yeah. Super good. Read the Beatitudes out of the message. Oh, yeah? It's so good. Awesome. It's just, yeah. It's a helpful kind of way to read it and understand what he's getting Absolutely. At. Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blah, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. But the message, the way they say it, is super good. That's awesome. So, so yeah, it's a great place to start and just begin to soak in the teaching of Jesus to learn the, the words, the ways, and to do the works of Jesus. So that's good. So, uh, yeah. So awesome. We're going to close our time. And um, how is God speaking to you? What's he revealing to you? What's he saying to you? And what will be your response? What will you do with it today? How's God getting your attention? So Vicki's going to close us uh, in prayer. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful morning, for the sun that's shining. Um, Thank you for this week where we get to reflect on your sacrifice and also your resurrection. Lord, I just pray that you would um, encourage each person today and remind them that you walk with them through life and that you have the best way for us to follow. Mm -hmm. And God, would we see what that way is and surrender to it. Amen. Amen. Have a great day.